from Kurtco Media. Coming up on this episode of Life Done Better. For a woman not to be a victim, like not to feel like it's happening to you, but that you actually have the power to participate in making it the way you would like it, who you would like to be with, how you want to spend your time. Like, what do you want to bring as the value of who you are? Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill DeJong. My guest today is Gabby Reese. You may remember her as a professional volleyball player. You may have read her books. You may have done her workouts. Or maybe you are using the Laird Superfood Creamer in your coffee daily. Gabby has done a lot of different and exciting things in her life and has been dedicated to building and leading health and fitness methods. She is the creator of High X High Intensity Workouts, and together with her husband, Laird Hamilton, they created Extreme Performance Training, XPT. Gabby, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Joan. Thanks for having me. You usually split your time between coastal homes in Malibu and Kauai. Since LA shut down during the pandemic, did you spend most of your time in Hawaii? Actually, we did COVID mostly in California. Well, the first half. And then in November, before Kauai really locked down, we were planning on coming for the holidays. So we ended up just staying. And here we are. We're still here. We'll probably head back to the mainland in, in May. But yeah, it was fortunate to be able to come here for sure. Yeah, it's a peaceful place. And uh, your background looks amazing. That's actually what you're looking at, right? Like that window? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at because um, it's so rainy here that you can't really have any wind. I don't have any windows on the my back wall because you have to really fortify from the rain. Amazing. It looks like a jungle out there and it looks, yeah, definitely very green and luscious. It's so, so beautiful. So Gabby, what have you lost and what have you gained during this pandemic? Well, I think like everybody, even more non-essential things just kind of peeled away, whether they're, you know, relationships that maybe you you got to evaluate from a distance. Certainly, whatever the concentrated time together as a family realistically brought a lot of things to the surface because there was no sort of tucking and hiding and a busy schedule away. So I think if anything, it was just a clarity and the reminder that like, what are we going to do with our time? Because it's, it's valuable. Yeah. And that actually brings me to the next question. Like what makes Gabby's heart really sing? Like what makes you so happy? What makes you just going to go like, well, this is what life is about for me. This is... mm." In some ways, I'm I'm very simple. Like I don't really need. Like I want to have a big life in this sense of expansion and rich relationships. But I'm pretty simple. Like if I if I feel safe and I I'm around people that I enjoy being and I I feel like there's some you know versions of growth and learning and there's a semblance of peace because I'm not I don't go too up and too down. So I think for me, it's a level of homeostasis with the possibility of just sort of a like a slight mild growth has always been the thing that really made me feel like that felt pretty good. Yeah, you definitely seem like a very grounded person, someone that, you know, is in control, someone that is calm. A lot more women have more ups and downs in their lives. And so things can get under your skin. Like what is one of your biggest pet peeves? Like what is the one thing that can make you infuriated or upset? You know, there's a few things. I think entitlement always sticks out is a big one for me. And, you know, like I said, having kids and 
you know, like you try to work hard and create a life that you think is good. Like, oh, well, we can provide education and all these organic food or whatever. Entitlement provokes me. And also when I see that people aren't realizing that there's, they're living in a world with other people, like a lack of awareness mm-hmm. that there's people around you, they're trying to get somewhere. Are you even conscious to like slide over to one side or the other to make that happen? Because it's not just like you're in your own world. Those are the things that I don't have a high tolerance for because I was raised. And then once you're in sports, it's like, you're trying to be alert and aware and maybe considerate of like, I'm in this life with other people as I'm simultaneously living with my filter. Right. You're a team player. That's what, who you are. So if someone is not yeah. making you feel or other people feel like they're, you know, taking them in consideration and you go like, whoa, 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 we're all in this together, right? We're all affecting yeah. each other today with what we say, how we do, how we treat each other. Now, are there anything like what you can think of in your childhood that was missing or the way you were raised that made you want to do things differently when you became a mother? What I have learned about parenting after this many years is that we have a tendency to maybe overcompensate or we think, okay, the things I was missing, if I do that, that'll take care of a lot of things. And what you realize is that that's not the case in parenting. Each person has a unique destiny. I have a friend who who said to me once, everyone gets their turn in the barrel, like the barrel of a gun. And I, I sort of thought, oh, I was going to get to avoid all kinds of things by trying to be healthy, by being with Laird, by staying married, by having a peaceful relationship, trying to be a good example. And you realize that <laughs> that's not the story, that your kids will react to things in a way that you couldn't see coming. Things will happen to them that you would hope that you could have avoided. It's a very unknown story parenting. And the other side of that is that you realize it's really the biggest opportunity, the next biggest opportunity in our lives, if that's what we choose to have children to change again. Absolutely. And I I actually really, really taking it in on how you say that we all are facing our own difficulties and challenges. And, you know, you try to avoid one side of it and then you're like, well, this whole new set of challenges came about. And, you know, we don't always get what we want, but we do always get what we need. Yeah. I think the idea of want is like a youthful illusion. I think it's understanding it's happening as exactly as it should, regardless of how uncomfortable it is or how ill-equipped we are. I think what you learn again is new tools in which to manage these things so that I heard someone say, you know, we know so little, but yet we still have to do everything. So we're doing all these things that we don't really even understand or know how to do, but we, we still have to. Yeah, we learn as we go. Yeah, it's just keeping flexing those muscles of, oh, wow, this is super uncomfortable and I don't know, I actually almost feel upside down. How am I going to get right side up and find a North Star to at least start the process? Yeah, and so what is your North Star? Well, I think always having the North Star of how insignificant we are is a good starting point for sure because it also gives us perspective, which I think is just imperative. You have to have perspective to manage anything. And then it's my other biggest North Star that I've developed in the last maybe four or five years is my response. Is my response out of fear, which for me becomes anger and sort of a meddling up a combative, like we're going to war. I'm not a big like, oh, I'm going to shrivel up and cry. I'm going to lean into stuff. Confront it. 
Yeah, and that's not always the best because that's still in my fear. So my North Star will be just to notice if I'm sitting in the discomfort and trying to stay soft versus go to a reaction that's really comfortable for me personally. So I think it's my North Star has been to, if I can stay in more of the kindness and to be comfortable with the unknown and then try to find my bearings from that place, not from tackle, take on, lean in, fix and wrap up. You know, that's sometimes things wrap up at the pace that they're going to wrap up. Absolutely. So there's there's a little bit more stillness and and before taking the next action, it's not a reactive. Um, boom, I'm going to do this right now. And you're like, whoa, why did I do that? And how? What kind of effect did it have? But really, just more of a stillness, a kindness, and um, just checking in. Yeah, and that might be like days and weeks and months. Like when you have kids, sometimes mm. you have stories that might go on actually for years. Yeah. So you you have to find the way to pace yourself. And to continue to live as a human individual while simultaneously riding out something that may be a little uncomfortable. Totally. What do you think was the one thing that you instilled in all of your girls? I think there's, I've always said to my girls, you know, don't be a victim and don't be a liar. For me, that's especially as females, I, I think it's really important to be forthcoming as a human being. But for a woman not to be a victim, like life not to feel like it's happening to you, but that you actually have the power to participate in making it the way you would like it, who you would like to be with, how you want to spend your time. Like, what do you want to bring as the value of who you are to the conversation? And I can't dictate that for them, right? Like, I can't say this is what you should think and believe. Um, My kids are very similar to my husband and I, which is somewhat rebellious, I would think differently. We do it differently, but it's not, we're not really going to be like, oh, told, I think educated and then maybe inspired. So I think it's, it's really about modeling that. So if I say to them, Hey, yeah, you're beautiful girls, but there's millions of those. Who do you want to be? What do you want to contribute? What skill set do you want to be in charge of? Things like that. So that's one thing I've really learned as a parent. That's the most important. The two things you mentioned are actually really important, not to be a victim. So actually creating a life on your own terms, knowing that when you do have a challenge facing you or when something bad happens, that you can make it a different story and reframe that story and use it for the better. Then not being a liar is be honest, right? In every way you communicate in your interactions, in your actions. And I mean, those those two things alone, they're set. Now, Gabby, also know you wrote the book and the book is called My Foot is Too Big for the Glass Slipper, became a New York Times bestseller, and you boldly shared your personal story of real life ups and downs of motherhood and career in order to encourage women worldwide to challenge traditional norms and find personal happiness. Now, this sparked huge media interest. Can you share a bit about what traditional norms you challenged and how this was perceived at the time? You know, the whole book and my whole career prior to this. So you have to imagine this book came out when I was 43 years old. I'd already been doing a job kind of quasi publicly for about 25 years, which was all about like being strong and, you know, athletic and all the stuff. So I, I sort of thought I had covered that. I felt that that was important. And so then I wanted to have this more nuanced conversation, which was being in a relationship with somebody who, if they were defined in this world as a, you know, alpha type male And what was that like behind closed doors and just kind of some of the lessons learned? I thought the book was pretty straightforward and actually nothing outrageous, but there was a line in the book and I obviously couch it that I was joking, but I wasn't. 
that I would take on sort of a submissive role in my house. And what I meant, you know, it's of service, right? That a lot of people really, because they look for something, they, they hook their teeth into that. But, you know, it was just taking on the feminine energy. And by the way, you could have a male and a female or two males or two females. One person takes on more of the masculine energy in the home and one takes on more of the feminine energy. And they don't have to be assigned to you because of your gender. I just, in my particular case, I was sharing my experience and I wasn't raised like that. So just kind of learning that and how it brought out something really beautiful and layered. And also I enjoyed expressing that side of myself, but it was the reminder of the power of that choice. Nobody was making me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it was also this idea of, I'm not here to tell Laird, you make your choices, what feels good to you. I was saying that to do things kindly for the people in my family and in traits that came easier for me. And he sort of seems to naturally do the things that come easier to him, that there was a a nice flow to the dynamic, but that it's about each person's unique journey. So how you want to be in a partnership, how you want to have children or not have children or work or be single or, you know, my whole thing is never, this is how you should do it. I don't know how you should do it. And when people say this is how you should do it, it makes me super nervous. And absolutes in anything, you know, should you get to bed early? It's probably better for you. Should you try to be hydrated? Yeah, probably. You know, it's like what Jordan Peterson talks about. It's not even saying to people tell the truth because that's ambiguous. How about just don't lie? It's like, we know there's some universal things that feel pretty good, but the rest of it is gray. And I was just inviting a dialogue and sharing my story. Yeah, I can imagine because... You know, nowadays, I feel like we are definitely more open towards sharing everything about oneself in the most vulnerable places. And I think it's wonderful that we can now openly share that way. But in 2013, it was a different story, but you weren't that different because you were like, hey, this is how it is, down to earth, straightforward, I'm opening up. But yeah, I I can only imagine that the world wasn't quite ready yet, you know, that you were there and, you know, we were only catching up all these years. You know, I think I think that's the one of the wonderful things about being a podcast host as well, to really go in and share because we can read online so many things. Wikipedia will tell us kind of overall the fun facts or how someone's life is or things that we want to know. But the human connection is in, you know, the conversation that we're having today. And Gabby, is there one thing that you're in particular working on right now, like in your professional life or in your personal life where, you know, that's what I really want to like flex my muscles or strengthen those muscles? Yeah, I think I have, you know, when I met my husband, I think I was very much as I should be, should have been at that time, thinking about myself and my career and developing that. And then I chose, but it also felt like the right thing. It's like, how do you simultaneously build a work life and a career and a personal life with real personal connections? It's very difficult and something always gives. So I felt like I've been sort of giving a lot because I want to, and it's important and it's the time to do it to my family. And now that my youngest daughter is 13, I was just recently talking about this, that I, I, you kind of get parental fatigue. You know, you talk to parents and their kids, it's right. You know, they get that right after their kids have been teenagers. It's just a different dance. So I think for me, it'll be my work. You know, I spend also some time because it was the right time to do that, supporting Laird in his businesses and quests because it was the time to do that. And so I think for me, it's going to be, you know, maybe 
reorienting more energy into my own work life. I mean, we have businesses that you were kind enough to mention earlier in the intro, and those are all thriving. So it's continuing with those. But I think it's to go back deeper into communication and to the learning, because I find that the thing that helps me with mental health and emotional health is the learning because then you're continuing to expand that perspective so that no matter what's kind of rolling at you in life, you're working on your perspective and you're working on your skill sets and you're just saying, you know, I could maybe do that a little better. And and the world is changing. That's the other thing is like how I grew up and the way my brain is hardwired is actually different than the world that exists today. So I think the other focus would be to just stay as informed as possible about what the experience is now for people. Yeah. So it's kind of like upgrading your software constantly, right? Totally. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Gabby Reese. This episode is supported by another great wellness podcast, The Nutrition Diva. There's a lot of misinformation about nutrition out there. And it can be hard to separate food fact from food fiction. That's where licensed nutritionist and professionally trained chef Monica Reynagel comes in. Monica recently joined me on Life Done Better for a conversation on cultivating healthy habits. She answered my burning questions about sourdough, fish oil, kale, and other food trends. On Nutrition Diva, Monica debunks nutrition myths and shares science-backed advice to make healthy eating a little bit easier and a lot saner. In just 10 minutes, she gets right to what you need to know about taking care of yourself and answers questions like, is eating late bad for your heart? Do you really need to take nutritional supplements? And what can you do to be a more mindful eater? Listen to new episodes of Nutrition Diva every Wednesday. Follow Nutrition Diva wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back with Gabby Reese. Let's talk a little bit about health and fitness. Like the XPT program, I've not done the whole thing, but I've done the training with you, which is awesome. I love the circuit training, high intensity intervals. The amount of people that come and show up because that really elevates my energy when he and she is doing, you know, the workout nonstop. I'm not going to stop. Let's keep going. And, you know, you have this nice flow to it. And I have experienced my very first ice bath at your house. And I was mid-sentence when I stepped in and my breath just stopped. I was like, oh, I'm dying. I cannot breathe. What happened? From that moment on, I've done some pool workouts, slack the rope training over your pool. I oh, mean, yeah. that was funny with your daughters. It was hilarious. And I, I got to say, like your lifestyle has inspired us very much, especially my husband, Eric. As you know, he frequently joined the workouts. And we now have the, uh, a pool that is sloped similar to, to your pool in Malibu that he can do his own workouts in. He is absolutely loving it. Like it helps him with his chronic pain because it decompresses his spine. And he, it's still so, so challenging. Every time he's like, oh, I really want to get in a pool. But, I'm, you know, he's kind of hesitant because he knows it's going to be really tough. And he comes out and he feels refreshed and he looks like a superhero coming out. He feels so good about himself and his body feels better. And then we have the ice and the bath, the sauna, the home gym. So we kind of have a nice setup here, just like you guys. And so I would love to hear how it is part of your everyday. 
Yeah, I think the pool, uh, we have a better pool set up in California. We finished, just finished a home on Kauai and we'll be building a pool here. So, and this is also, we're coming out of it, but the big wave season. So Laird typically wouldn't pool train as much during big wave season. So it feels like summertime has been typically more pool, even though I'd like to add it for winter when we're in Kauai. It's also just about having that facility. The high interval training, the high X I do typically Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but I have to be careful because we get good at anything and we don't make as many changes. So I have to really be careful slipping into too much of that. So then I'll add other things, whether it's having someone help me stretch, because that's really one of my many weaknesses. And so it's just trying to add in certain things and protocols and to help with the long-term performance. And that's actually why pulse training started, because it's like, how can I be ballistic and do things that are high impact, but do them in a way that isn't crushing my joints. But my focus is always in staying adaptable physically, emotionally, and even in my training. So you'll hear people go like, oh, I'm in keto and all these. Well, if you talk to anyone like Mark Sisson, for example, who's made a whole business around this, it's about flexibility and adaptability. And so I'm trying to have that be in my training and in my mindset. And it's very hard for me because I have had a lot of success by being rigid and disciplined. So it's like melding the two so you can get progress through discipline. Yeah. You, you don't get into a routine where you're like, wow, I'm so good at this. I'm so comfortable. You always want to keep growing. So you're going to throw something difficult at yourself. You're going to request something different or have someone help with stretching or do something else. Yes. Make you feel like, oh, this is again, really uncomfortable. And vulnerable. And then the heat and ice, I seem to do that more often when I'm in California, but we do have a heat and ice set up here. Laird is super diligent about it. And I might get into the heat like maybe twice a week if I have time. And it's always combined with ice or do you like the heat sometimes just by itself? No, sometimes it's just the heat. And I would say to people that if you were going to do one thing, it seems based on all the research that the heat, the amount of health benefits on the heat are really extraordinary. And so your all-cause mortality goes down about 65% for men. It's sort of like three times a week. Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's, there's sort of all this data. Dr. Rhonda Patrick has a lot of studies on the benefits of heat. So if people want to look that up, um, because I always appreciate, oh, I feel good, but I always really appreciate solid science. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Because, you know, I have the sauna here and I feel like it's so hot here most of the time that I don't use it very much. And I'm like, God, I'm sweating already, you know, just by walking through the yard. And, you know, if I know more of the science behind why I should be doing, I'm like, okay, of course I'll be doing it. But if I have a choice of being, I'm already hot, do I want to be hotter right now? Maybe not. But if there is a real health benefit where I'm like, yes, I'm going to, you know, sweat out the toxins, you have this different mindset about it. You're actually going to put in time. And I think that's what it is. What I love so much about high intensity interval training is that I feel really functional. Like it's not always easy to get to the workout to actually make yourself sweat and do, you know, sometimes it's really a grind, but coming out of it. And then, you know, I happen to like do more water sports than ever before because I live in Maui. I started winging, you know, a couple of weeks ago and I'm like balancing on my board and I'm, I have the wing above my head and obviously I'm falling a lot. And, but at the same time, I'm like, this is why I train. This is why, because every time I do something new, every time I do something new with my body, I request my body to do something extraordinary. I can do it. And I feel like that's a really important message that I, I think you and I share 
that it's not about the appearance of it. It is about how you function. And we all want to be better functioning human beings. And it can even be as simple as wanting to play with your kids and having the energy to kick a ball around or, you know, follow them, you know, across the beach when they're running into the water and you want to save them. I mean, little things like that. You want to feel capable, right, as a human being. And then when I think about some of these things that, you know, are out of your control, I also think about your injury, like to have a knee replacement and for Laird to have a hip replacement. How did that affect you and how did you bounce back from that injury and surgery? Well, you know, this is a long time coming. Both Laird and I have had what, you know, everybody gets when you do a sport, repetitive trauma. And so I was in pain for a solid 20 years. And so it wasn't the pain, it was the losing function. And for Laird too, it's just wear and tear. It's almost like a cost of the job where you accept it and you say, okay, well, what's my strategy? So how do I not have surgery? And then once I do everything that I can, and then if I've gone to see the smartest people and they sort of say, hey, your joint kind of, it's not there, it's not your bone on bone or what have you, that then you also enter into the surgery with a real plan about how much you're going to participate in getting better on the other side. And actually, I feel so much better after my surgery. So (laughs) it was really a gift. You know, it's like, how much do you want to feel sorry for yourself? Or how much do you want to be proactive and being like, here's an opportunity. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I'm going to feel be scared at times. I'm going to feel vulnerable. I'm going to question if I can use my body the way I hope and need and want to but I'm still going to show up and kind of intelligently get after it. Yeah. Make the right decision, have a plan in place. And so are there any brands or products that you use daily? Like I love the Hypervolt personally. I don't foam roll as much as, you know, anymore because of it. There are definitely brands and things that I'm like, you know what? I, my life is all about variety, but there's some things that are like, if I were to travel, those would be in my bag. Yeah, I think your point, those mobilizing, just getting in that tissue and bringing some blood and oxygen to the tissue, the fascial tissue is is excellent. I could direct people to people that I like very much separately. I don't work with them. There's a woman named Jill Miller. She has a company called Yoga Tune-Up. It has nothing really to do with yoga. People have those little balls, but it would actually teach you what to really do with it for self-care, mobilization, and improvement. She is very genius. And then Dr. Kelly Starrett who wrote a book called Supple Leopard, same thing where I'm interested in people who are teaching me how to care for myself. And these two are two, there's a lot, but they're two that do an excellent, very comprehensive. So if you were going to be traveling or taking these little balls, it's like, well, no, here's all the things you can do. And this is what this helps. I do also like TENS unit. So there's a lot of things you can do with them. A Mark Pro is a brand that I like. Again, I don't work with them, but I I like that brand very much, the quality, and they have a lot of different protocols. So if you're recovering or even getting the muscle moving without you having to move, if you have had a surgery, like you said, heat and ice, and also just kind of having spontaneous check-ins a few times a day to be like, what is going on? How am I feeling? Because I feel like that that's a way to course correct all the time, you know, just keep course correcting. It's not that we're ever going to avoid really hard spots, whether it's in life, physically, as an entrepreneur, as a partner, as a parent, whatever. But at least if we can stay flexible and keep course correcting, I think that those can be less, right? They can be a little milder. And are there any like coffee, tea, snacks, things that you always want every day? Like it's just like not skipping a day. 
We have a ritual in our house. Obviously, you know, Laird Superfood was created from a habit, a genuine, authentic habit of Laird's that he was doing for over 20 years. But I will wake up in the morning and he puts all of my ingredients in a cup. So I just hit the button and I get two shots, a long pull of espresso. But I love the cacao creamer with the unsweetened creamer. I do have that quite a bit. Mm. We do also have an excellent hydrate product, which I think is really good. It has minerals and things. It's freeze-dried at the source, so there's not a lot of added sugar. That's really important to us. What I appreciate, what we're trying to do is, because we have our own factories, is besides it tasting great and having the best ingredients, so our, our coconut water, for example, is, it's about 70 cents a serving. So the other side of that is like if I'm asking a mom, hey, give this to your kid when they have soccer, it's not $3.50. So I think that that's another thing is like, how do we keep finding things that are good for us and have this exclusivity notion to it? But how do we do it in a way that people can actually afford? Yeah, that's super important because healthy foods, you know, you spend so much more money on organic healthy foods is absolutely insane and should not be more expensive because the chemicals that you spray on it cost chemicals. Why? I just want it as it is, not nothing added. What I want to say to people too, that I think is so important is if you're transitioning, maybe from like going, Hey, I'm trying to live a little healthier. The other flip side of that is to be as kind to yourself as possible. So if you are eating frozen organic vegetables and your microwave, listen, it's better than not. And so I, it's all those little changes that we can do. It's not about, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, so I have a system in place. So it's also important for people to be kind to themselves. Yeah, exactly. And also to change it up and sometimes make it just easier on yourself. Say, you know what, tonight we are putting in the pizza and then tomorrow we are going to be eating vegetables and sweet potatoes and some chicken again. Like It is about giving you yeah, a little bit of grace, right? Yeah. Now, I would love to hear, like, what is your favorite time spent with Laird? Like, what, what are the simple pleasures in your life where you're like, oh, that's just, you know, our, our most precious time? I think our morning, it's occasionally that I actually cross paths with Laird in the morning if for some reason he's still here. Because um, he wakes up I, crazy early? Yeah, he's down the road. Yeah, he's gone. Is to just sit with him and we do share a coffee and, and visit. And our family has always eaten dinner together. So that's always been a collective time. And then Laird and I do try our best to carve out time as a couple. And I don't mean date night. I just mean intimacy. You know, a lot of, you know, you only have so much time, especially when you have children. And so just trying to have maintained that intimate side of our relationship has been something that we try to be diligent about because it seems to make everything else better. Absolutely. And it's so important that you recognize that. And then you both agree on, Hey, this is what we need and take that time. Because we work together, like we have Laird Superfruit, we have XPT, yeah. we have other things, we have our children, we're trying to figure out how to have a romantic life, and we are both very intense, differently, but it's there. So actually, I'm always looking for like the space, because I, <laughs> I'm pacing myself. <laughs> 
I love hearing that. And I really enjoy that you and Laird share more and more of what, you know, what it takes to be in a relationship, what, you know, what makes your relationship work and what has been the challenges in the past so many years. And I think it's important for everyone to to hear, right? Again, that sharing is coming back because everyone is dealing with it. How do you guys do it? And how do you continue admiring, loving, respecting each other? Because that those are big words, right? You want to continue to feel the excitement to be in each other's life, not just to take each other for granted. I think that's a super important factor. Debbie, our time is up. I see we got to go. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. I know you have your own podcast show. And if you want more of Gabby, go to the Gabby Ree Show. And you're on Instagram as well, right? Yes. On Mondays, I release my show. Congratulations on your wedding. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And I wish you continued success and aloha. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you so much to Gabby Reese for joining me on the show today. If you know someone that might just benefit from listening to this episode, please share a link with them. You may be changing their day. This episode was produced and edited by AJ Mosley for Kurtco Media, mastering by Steve Rickyberg. I'm Jill DeYoung and have a wonderful day, my friends. Kurt Co. Media. Media for your mind.